Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us, has redeemed us, has already redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. In verse 26, dropping down, For you are all sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That's what we're doing right now. We're going to put on Christ. Put on Christ. Put on Christ. If you don't have all of Jesus on you right now, get rid of work. Get rid of strife. Get rid of grumpy people. Get rid of traffic. And put on all of the Jesus you possibly can right now. I'm in Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, poor nor rich. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and an heir, an heir of Abraham according to the promise. This is who we are. This is what we have right now. These, this class is called Redemptive Realities because it's important to realize that you are not just a sinner saved. It didn't just end with that day. It's a simple gospel. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And that's what it is. I just believe in simple things. I believe in a simple gospel. I live a simple life. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And that's it. Well, that's good. And that's wonderful. And that's absolutely true. But the Bible was written by God. The one who created heaven and earth. The one who created the eyeball. The one who created brains. The one who created people in life. And God's brilliant. The Bible's incredibly deep. The Bible is incredibly rich. It's incredibly deep. Incredibly powerful. And so it's incredibly important that you know what you've got. And Jesus Christ died on the cross. You really can either live in just the awareness that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and you'll go to heaven. And you'll be blessed when you pray. But you can go a lot farther than that. You can go a lot deeper than that. And you can have a lot more than that. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Ray Dean, who spoke at our graduation last year, wrote a fantastic book. And it says, in the title of the book is, What You Don't Know Can't Hurt You. I've fed on that book a lot. I read that book and reread that book because it's so important. He's got a great truth. What you don't know can't hurt you. And so he reminds you of what you ought to know. That God loves you. That God's for you. That God wants to bless you. And if you'll feed on those things, you'll expect those things. What you expect is your faith talking. Expectation and faith are synonymous terms. I was just talking with somebody on the phone today who really only expects it to rain and only expects for negative things to happen in their life. They just, yeah, I, I, I could do that, I guess. Well, I guess I could buy that, but. Nothing ever happens to me. You're right! <laughs> That's the problem! That's your expectation. Your expectation is exactly what's going to happen. So, we take this class called Redemptive Realities that shows us what actually belongs to us. And we continue to feed on this stuff. This is the intro class. This is 101 Redemptive Realities. Next year, and the year after, and the year after, and the year after that, you're going to continue to feed your faith on these things and you're going to get stronger and stronger and stronger in this. It grows. Your faith grows. And your faith grows as you continue to feed it. It's important that we study 
what we have and who we are in Christ. 1 Peter 3, verse 10. Today's class is called, You Were Called to Be Blessed. You Were Called to Be Blessed. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. God wants the blessing on you. God wants you blessed. God wants you to be blessed. 1 Peter 3, verse 10. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous. Why? It will tell you. We're not to return evil for evil. Somebody does us dirt, not reviling for reviling, but contrary, a blessing. We should bless those who curse us. Knowing that you are called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. 1 Peter 3.10 says you are called to inherit a blessing. You are called to inherit a blessing. The purpose, the purpose of your calling isn't just that you could suffer along and just get to by and by and you'll get the glory. But you are supposed to be blessed. You're supposed to be blessed. You're supposed to be blessed. I'm blessed right now. Jesus Christ became a curse for me so that I could be blessed now. Amen? Now. Now. Oral Roberts was raised during the Depression and from an obscure, impoverished upbringing. This man who never finished college, who fell over on the back, he actually ran away from home. He was raised in a minister's home and it was so poor and it was so impoverished. You know, Depression days in Oklahoma in, in a in a minister's home that does not believe in prosperity whatsoever, I don't know that they had indoor plumbing. I mean, it was bad, bad, bad. And so when he was 16, 17 years old, he ran away. And he went off to a high school. He worked. He worked his way so that he could attend high school. He worked at night, and then he played on the basketball team. He was completely living on his own, completely self-supporting, and playing sports. And he was working, he was sleeping about three, four hours a night, somewhere between two and four hours a night. 17-year-old boy playing full-on high school sports and was one of the stars on this high school basketball team. Well, guess what? He got sick. He got tuberculosis, and he fell over on the basketball court, hemorrhaging from both lungs, just bleeding profusely, just looking like he's going to die any minute. Tuberculosis was especially dangerous to American Indians, which he was at least a quarter or to a half American Indian. You know, he was, he was given up to die. They brought him home to die. The doctors couldn't do anything. But God healed, God healed him. And when God healed him, he said, remember what you're called to do. You're called to start a university. And you're called to bring my healing power to the world. He said this to a 17-year-old kid who hasn't finished high school has no hope, no opportunity, no nada, no money, no nothing. Tells him you're going to build the university. Oh, and at 17, he also had a terrible stuttering problem. He couldn't speak. Poor, can't speak, nearly dead, build the university. It was God. It was God. And God told him to do that. Oral Roberts' main slogan is, God is a good God, expect a miracle. And God is, what was his other thing? He said, something good is going to happen to you today. Something good is going to happen to you today. And he used to say that on every one of his television broadcasts. And the, in fact, I used to have a little pin that said, Something good is going to happen to you today. Man changed the world. Literally changed the world. Greatly misunderstood, but mostly because he was so opposed. The media just opposed and opposed and opposed this man. But he really had a huge influence on the world. Literally. 
God is a good God, expect a miracle. That's what we're about today. It says you were called to be blessed. God didn't call you to punish you. God didn't call you to make you sad. God called you to show His blessing in you and through you to the world. God is a good God. The devil's a bad devil. The devil wants you to expect negative things. God wants you to expect positive things. That'll be on the test. God wants you to expect good things. The devil is trying to get you to expect failure. The devil is trying to get you to expect your car is going to be repossessed and you're not going to be able to pay for this and you're not going to be able to pay for that. But God is telling you, i got good plans for you. Expect better. Expect miracles. Expect me to bless what you put your hand to. And so put your hand to something because I'll bless it. I'll bless what you do. And God will take the 90% that you live on because you're tithing 10% to him and do miracles with it. God works that way. Amen? We put him first. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And I'm going to increase your faith over the course of this class because I'm going to continue to tell you great things that God expects and has for you. And so as you continue to hear and continue to hear what happens, you continue to expect more and more and better and better and greater and greater blessings for your life. <laughs> this is good stuff. It's helping me. I'm blessing myself up here because this is the truth. Let me just let me just stop right here. I'm going to read just a couple of scriptures just to encourage ourselves here. This, this is God for us right now. I'm just reading the first page of those prosperity scriptures that are on the back table. Good stuff back there. Let them shout for joy and be glad, says Psalm 35, verse 27. Who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. If he had pleasure in the prosperity of his servants under the old covenant, how much more his daughters and sons under the new covenant, which is a better covenant. Children, his children, heirs, heirs of Abraham. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield, Psalm 84, 11. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Will he withhold a three-bedroom, two-bath house on the west side of Redwood City? Really? Will he withhold a new Volvo for you? Will he withhold these things for you? My goodness. This girl's been doing nothing but praying for the last two years. Look at the results. Look at the results. Wonderful house. Volvo to drive. How much did you How much did you put down on the house? How much did, how was the down payment on the house? Nada. What was the down payment on the car? Nada. What are your car payments? Nada. No good thing. No good thing. God's awesome. Incredibly awesome. Or Robert's biography, which I just started reading, it helps me a lot. Because from day one, and I think that's why some of our greatest ministers, Billy Graham, Old Robert, Kenneth Hagan, are who they are, because they grew up in the Depression. When from day one, it was not easy. Not serving God was not easy. Serving God was not easy. Nothing was easy. And you see, you and I, we grew up with at least some comforts. We had indoor plumbing. We had refrigerators. We, you know... We had some things, 
And so we have, and then we have, you know, other things to compare it to. We, we look around at the prosperity of our area and we have that to compare to. And we think, well, how come? Gee, this seems hard and maybe it's not hard to point that it is. Good God, bad devil. There's a bad devil who's going to oppose every step of the way. Just because it's hard doesn't mean squat. Hard is hard and it's just going to be hard in a lot of things. But hard makes you value the triumph a whole lot more. Hard is not the problem. Hard is normal. Quitting is a problem. Discouragement is an enemy. Discouragement is the great enemy. Hard is not an enemy. Difficulty is not an enemy. Discouragement is a great enemy. Do you see the difference? If you've got somebody's hand to hold, you can fight any battle. If you've got somebody there with you in your corner, if you've got great faith, you can fight any battle. God has not given us a spirit of fear but a power, love, and a sound mind. There's a lot of fear in the world right now, but we're not going to give up. God is preparing a table before us in the very presence of our enemies. That's what he said he'd do. He'd prepare you a table in the presence of your enemies. And that's what God wants to do. God is blessing you, and it seems like nobody else is being blessed. Why? Because you have a covenant. You have a covenant with God. God is bound by that covenant. God is bound to provide for you. God is bound to lead you. God is bound to guide you. God is bound to take care of you and protect you because of this covenant that he has bound himself to. What's your part of the covenant? It's not a rhetorical question. What's your part of the covenant? Probably be on the side. To faith. Faith is a part of that covenant. Yes. A new commandment give I unto you, that you love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. This is the new commandment. On this commandment hang all the law and the prophets. If you will do this one thing, you will fulfill every other commandment. So the New Testament commandment, our part of the covenant is to walk in love. If we'll walk in love, what can God withhold? What can Actually, really, put it this way. God won't withhold. God is not the one in the withholding business. What can the devil keep from you? He can't. He can't. Jesus said, the, the devil is coming, but he's got nothing in me. He's got nothing in me. I, I have never sinned. I am sinless. He can't hold any word against me. He can't hold any action against me. I am sinless. The devil has got nothing in me. And, and, and the, the picture in my mind is stainless steel. How, how they, quote, uh, they coat uh, restaurants with it. You know, the kitchens in a restaurant and, the, and all the cleaning areas and stuff. It's all stainless steel. You can just hose it down. And there's just nothing can stick to it. That's what your righteousness looks like. It looks like stainless steel. And the devil can throw tomatoes at your stainless steel and stuff like that, but we can hose it off with the name of Jesus. And forgiveness, First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We just spray in First John 1, 9 all over that stainless steel, and it just washes clean. Abraham, our father, was blessed. The blessing of Abraham is now upon us. What did Abraham have? Abraham was very rich. Bible word, a direct Bible quote. Abraham was very rich in cattle and gold, and um, I think it's just in livestock and gold. Abraham was very rich. This is our father, Abraham. The blessing of who? What does it say about him? He was very rich. Don't think of this as some sort of spiritual blessing or ooey gooey. This doesn't really apply to me kind of thing. No, it's, it's, it's something you can touch, taste, and feel. I mean, the blessing 
is going to show up in your house. The blessing is going to show up in your clothing. The blessing is going to show up in your furniture. The blessing is going to show up in what you eat. The blessing is going to show up in your children. The blessing is going to show up all around you. The blessing of Abraham is something you can look at. Believe in God for a spouse, and he's going to be good to look at. She's going to be good to look at. The blessing of Abraham. Genesis 22, verse 16. And this is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, I swear by my own self, my own self, <laughs> my own self, that I will bless you richly. I will multiply you as your descendants into countless millions like the stars of the sky, sand on the seashore. They will conquer their enemies. I like that. This is just a different translation of the same verse I just read. They will conquer their enemies. You see how faith is rising up in this? You see why it's important to study what you get? Well done, Pardo. What's behind door number three? You know, people get excited when they find out what they get. You know, this is what's behind door number three. Look what's here. They will conquer their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. This is the blessing of Abraham. Glory to God. Your last blessing was not your best blessing. Think about it. What was the last thing that God did for you? I mean, and he, he just got started. He's just getting started. Just getting started in here. Just getting started in here. Just getting started with me. He's getting started with this. That's it. He's just getting started. Just, hey, I have seen people apply this and apply faith and apply expectation and start to put scriptures like this all over their house and just go like this. I've seen people graduate from Bible school and forget all this stuff and go right back to work and go, mm. and I've seen people go like this. And it all has to do with expectation. Your expectation is your faith. Your faith is your expectation. Your faith is your expectation. Your expectation is your faith. How are you going to increase your expectation? By feeding on the promises. No feeding on the promises, no expectation. No expectation, no faith. Without faith, it is what? impossible to please God. Important, important stuff. Some of us are our own worst enemies. We're our own worst enemies because the devil says, you stink. And you go, that's right. I do. I just stink. You're right. He says, not only that, you're unworthy. Yeah, I'm unworthy too. And you're never going to get anywhere. I'm never going to get anywhere. And if you just keep feeding you, you're lying. And you just, you just keep taking those cues and thinking about those things until you fail. Or thinking about those things until you start expecting what he says instead of expecting what God says. You're disqualifying yourself. So classes like this are very helpful. We like classes like this. We like to study things like this. We like to teach things like this because it really helps us when we teach things like this because I had to meditate on this longer than you did. And so it's good. And so it's good to teach somebody else a class like this or, or just do little studies. You know, what when you go to read the Bible in the morning, you can just read general scriptures, or you can do a specific study down a certain line. This would be a good place to play. You can read Leviticus if you want to, but you know, I do these. Please recognize that that critical voice is the devil. It's not you. It's not your mama. It's not somebody else. It's not somebody close to you. It's the devil. It's not God. God's saying, I love you. I love you. God says, I love you like I love Jesus. I love you the same way I love you. Can I prove that? I sent Jesus for you. What's something worth? How much is that diamond worth? A diamond this big 
we know how much it's worth because we can go to an auction site and see what somebody else paid for the diamond this big. We can go to a store and see the price tag. The price tag has already been set on your life. Jesus, the greatest price that's ever been paid. You are worth more than Bill Gates. You are worth everything to God. How shall we not also with him freely give us all things? He who did not spare his only son, but gave him up for us all, how shall we not also with him freely give us all things? Glory to God. And so prosperity for a four-year-old might be getting a big teddy bear. Prosperity for a seven-year-old might be getting a bicycle. Prosperity for a 17-year-old might be getting a car. And God is meeting your needs all the way along. He's going to do it now. Prosperity for a 30, 40, or 50-year-old. He's still doing it. He's still doing it for you. And he's still doing it. Your last blessing is not your best blessing. It was. Let's look at Abraham's kids. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Even, even his son Ishmael, even his son Ishmael was blessed. And that was something that wasn't even ordained by God. And even he was blessed. But Isaac sowed in a time of famine and reaped a hundredfold. Why? Because the blessing of Abraham was upon him? When everything else was going south? Everybody, nobody else was doing well. Everybody in that particular business, the farming business, was doing badly. Isaac sowed in a time of famine and reaped a hundredfold. Then Isaac has his two kids, and Jacob goes to work for an evil boss. Anybody ever work for an evil boss? <laughs> that was funny. And, and Jacob goes to work for an evil boss who keeps trying to cheat him and keeps trying to cheat him and keeps trying to cheat him. And Jacob stays faithful in the midst of, with an evil boss and leaves rich. Leaves rich. Leaves, leaves owning practically owning a company. I heard a story about a guy who grew up in Southern California and went out to uh, pick uh, produce in the fields in Ventura County. Because he was, a fa he, he was faithful, they made him a, uh, a foreman over the, over the produce pickers in the field. After a while, the, the company just wasn't doing well, but he was doing really well. And he was started to, he, you know, he just was faithful and hardworking and smart and, and got to know everything. And pretty soon he's kind of running the operation and the company's doing really badly, and he ends up, they're about ready to just like put the company out of business, and he ends up buying into the company and owning a chunk of the company and saying, just, he says, I can keep it afloat. Let's just keep going a little bit further. Let's, don't, just, don't just throw everything away. Give me a chance to keep this thing going. And just by sheer hard work, he keeps the thing alive and keeps the thing running and gets the thing profitable and ends up owning a big chunk of the company. Well, the company actually owned real estate. And this is in, in Ventura County, flat farmland, which then became housing and shopping centers and commercial areas through the 60s and the 70s. He now owns, this guy now owns a giant shopping mall, probably almost debt-free in Arizona, property all over the world, the finest cars and all kinds of stuff, and almost owns all of this stuff debt-free. The blessing of Abraham then goes to his son Isaac. And Isaac sows in a time of famine. Isaac has Jacob, and then Jacob's being cheated by his boss, so Jacob comes out on top. Jacob has his 12 children, one of whom is Joseph. You know the story about Joseph? Joseph, they try to kill. Then they throw him in a well, and he's sold into slavery. He becomes the boss of the, of the, of the household as a slave. He ends up in the king's dungeon. 
he becomes the boss of the dungeon. This is the sort of this is the sort of blessing that's upon your life. Whether if you know if you let's say you run the French fry machine at McDonald's, you are going to be the best French fry maker at McDonald's. You're going to just that is the that's the thing that you should just kind of see yourself. And you just keep rising to the top at whatever level and whatever place that you're at. You just keep rising to the top. And expect the best, and expect the best, and a little bit better, and a little bit better, and a little bit more. That's just, you just expect that to come upon your life. And that's what happened with Joseph. And so Joseph, everywhere he was, even though he was in the, he was in the pit, he was underground. He was at the top of the underground. You know, what happens with a cork when you put it under water and you hold it, you can put your foot on it. And you can keep it on the bottom, but if you left your foot up a half a, half an inch, it comes up a little bit more. It's going to be at the top of whatever situation that you're in. And that's where you live. And how do you live that way? You praise and worship, expecting God. You're just praising God in the midst of a difficult place. You could be, you could be in prison, but you know, you're going to exercise every day in yourself. And you're going to write scriptures and be faithful, and you're just going to live just like you would outside. You know, you're going to work out every day and you're going to you know, read the Bible and you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And you're going to live not like prisons in you, but like heaven is in the prison. Do you see what I'm saying? And so no matter what situation, if you live in a rat hole of an apartment, you should have that place thick and span. You should be able to eat off the floor because you're just, you know, that's who you are. And you make that place look terrific because you are terrific. That's just the way you are. Drive a hoopty of a car, but you pick up the gum wrappers off the floor and you vacuum out the little interior and you, you know, you take care of your hoopty. That's it. Just, just live in excellence and go to the next level and believe God for the next level. I went into a car dealership one time and was negotiating for the car that I wanted and I had this great big loan prearranged that I wanted for the car and long story short, I ended up not getting the car that I wanted. And I had it all picked out. I really felt like in prayer that was the car that I was supposed to get. That was the color, the make, the model, and everything that I felt like I was supposed to buy. It didn't work out. And I'm driving home from that, and I'm just kind of praying. Like, oh, man. You know, how come we didn't put that deal together? And uh, God said, this time next year, you'll pay cash for that car. Like, what? What happened was in the course of the next 12 months, uh, my parents gave me a nice car, a really nice late model car. I drove that for a while, and then I sold that late model car to get to pay cash for exactly that car that I wanted. God's good. God's good. It may not happen by Tuesday, but God's there, and you just keep praising Him all the way along and thanking Him and believing Him for the miracle that He's about to do in your life. Everybody say this. I'm blessed. I'm blessed with faithful Abraham. I am a child of Abraham. I am an heir of Abraham. Abraham's blessing is mine. Right now, right now, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I don't care. I don't have to feel it. I know it. I declare it. I declare it in the face of my checkbook. I declare it in the face of my neighborhood. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm speaking to my housing situation. And I say I'm blessed. I'm speaking to my car. And I say I'm blessed. 
I speak to my job. And I say, I'm blessed. I speak to debt. I say, I'm blessed. I speak to health problems. And I say, I'm blessed. You can't curse whom God is blessed. And I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Stand up and say it. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Stand up. Get up. Come on. Come on. Believe it. What you, what you expect is what you get. Act like you expect something. Come on. You're, you're qualified. You're qualified. I am qualified. You. Jesus qualified you. And so you're blessed. You're blessed. I'm blessed. You want a little blessing or a big blessing? Say it. I'm blessed. Louder. Louder. I'm blessed. Woo. Come on. I'm blessed. Didn't hurt you a bit, did that? Praise God.